Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. Just doing my job, giving my best in what I do. Raising my kids to follow God's plan for them. Acknowledging that everything I have are God's gifts to me and these gifts are not for me alone. Making God my first thought of the day instead of jumping on Facebook. Setting my alarm 20 minutes early to pray. Acknowledging and smiling at strangers I pass by on the street. Singing praise to God and reminding myself that God is good even when things are tough. Taking time after dinner with my family to thank God for something. Last week we explored our final COVID-inspired truth of this series that love is not about you. Your higher purpose is about giving glory to God It's about allowing God's light to shine through you. It's about living for a purpose that is bigger than yourself. And these were just some examples of how members in our community seek to live out, to to give glory to God in their everyday lives. We're going to finish this Leveraging Lockdown series today by going a little deeper into last week's theme Uh, through this gospel passage that we're given today, which really gets to the heart of what it means to give glory to God. Once again, the Pharisees, uh, they're trying to get one up on Jesus. And so they test him with this question about God's law, something that they, as religious leaders, knew a lot about. There were hundreds of of laws, as you probably know, in, in the Old Testament, But the Pharisee asked Jesus, Master, what is the greatest commandment of the Lord, of the law? When we trace the story right back, we see that that God gave the laws to his people when he was leading them out of slavery, out of Egypt. And at that point, many of them had lost faith. They were complaining They were miserable. They were giving glory to everything else but God. So God gave them these commandments, these laws, as a way of helping them to get their life back on track. God was saying, hey, here's a framework for you to follow. This will help you to live according to your design. This will help you to become most fully you, to to live your fullest life. Now, Not all of the Old Testament still apply to us as Christians. Uh, For example, a lot of the ceremonial laws. But the ones that do, and of course this this applies to the moral laws, they are still God's instructions to us for how we can best give him glory. The commandments. So we want to pay close attention to Jesus' answer to the Pharisee today. What is the greatest 
commandment of law? What is the greatest way that we can give glory to God? Jesus says this, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus seems to be saying a similar thing in the Beatitudes, you probably remember, when he talks about being pure in heart. To, to be pure in heart or to love God with all your heart and your mind and your soul is, is about offering everything you have for God's glory, for God's plans, for God's purposes. Your time, your money, your talents, your relationships, your se sexuality, your opportunities, your suffering, your disappointments, your failure. Offering it all for God's plans and God's purposes. St. Paul says a similar thing in the second reading today. He says, loving God really is about breaking with any idols, any false gods, any false hopes, and, and putting yourself at the service of God's kingdom, of God's purposes. Jesus, the Son of God, says that this is the greatest way that we can live our lives. It does leave us with a question, though. What are God's plans and purposes? <laughs> what is it exactly that I'm giving myself in the service of? Well, this is why Jesus gives us not one greatest commandment, but two. He says... The second resembles the first. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Now, instead of resemble, we could also use the word prove. The second proves the first. The second commandment is, is the concrete evidence that you're living out the first. What Jesus is getting at here is that loving God is not just an idea. And it's not just about doing religious behaviors, <laughs> religious rituals. It's not just about praying. It's not just about knowing all about your faith. But truly loving God is about loving what God loves. The good, the bad, and everyone in between. That's the purpose that we're invited to serve with our lives. Not just to be kind to others. Jesus is not just saying be nice. But the call here is to treat others with the same importance with which we treat ourselves. This is a, a radical call. But it does raise a bit of a problem. You see, how are we supposed to love others in this generous, selfless way when we struggle even loving ourselves? How can we love others when we're critical, when we're harsh towards ourselves, when we don't forgive ourselves, when we, we think that we're no good, that we're failures, that we're unlovable, that we're unworthy? Many of us carry around these deeply negative views of ourself. We entertain this constant, harsh monologue, sometimes not even realizing it. 
You see, we can't give away to others what we don't already have. And it seems to me that's what many of us are trying to do. We're trying to be good Christians, right? We're trying to love and to serve others. But in reality, many of us are running on empty. We don't have a whole lot to give. So if you want to give glory to God, if we want to take up our call to be saints in this day and age, we need to learn to love ourselves. And by love ourselves, I don't mean that we go and we look at ourselves in the mirror more <laughs> or we, um, we, we put the, the focus on ourselves, the priority on ourselves. To, to truly love ourselves is to accept in faith who God says we are. Despite our flaws and our failures, and our weaknesses. To accept that we are known intimately, that we are precious, that we're chosen, accepted, loved, forgiven, justified and redeemed, righteous, free, that we're a new creation with a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind, that we're no longer a slave, but a son of God, that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing, that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit, that we're raised up with Christ, we're a citizen of heaven, we're called to be a saint. These are not my words, these are God's words. These are just some ways in which God explains to us how he sees us, who he's redeemed us to be. The question is, is this how we see ourselves? Do we embrace God's view of us or our view of us? To glorify God, first and foremost, means accepting and living according to who Jesus has redeemed us to be. To embrace the value that God has given us. And that's my invitation in the final week of this series. Perhaps, or well, almost certainly, it is the greatest of all of the invitations. To take up this long life, uh, lifelong task of, of growing in understanding who God says you are. Not because of anything you've done, but because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Because of the gift of God. That is our lifelong task. And then, of course, stepping into our identity. Not just knowing it, but stepping into it. Living out who God says we are. Who, who Jesus has redeemed us to be. I'm not sure if the late Whitney Houston realized the deep truth of the words that she sung. Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Loving ourselves in this way is not really about us, but it's about God. It's about honoring and loving who God is in us, what God has done for us. When we can accept this love, it frees us from ourselves. And it enables us to turn our focus towards God 
and towards others to live out our deepest purpose, our, our fullest lives now and in eternity. So I want to bring this series to a close today with uh, just a short time of prayer. You see, all of the truths that we've explored this series, they, they probably made some logical sense as we were reflecting on them, but in reality, they're impossible to live out in the long term unless we know who we really are, unless we've received the name that God has given us, unless we've been able to step into our new identity. So now I'm just going to pray for a moment for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul reminds us in Romans that it's, it's the Spirit who awakens us to our true identity. If we want to give glory to God, we need the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is the glory of God. So as we open our hearts now to the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to make one final response in this series as a way of helping you to open up. And that is simply to repent. I don't know if you've been watching The, the Chosen, the mini-series on the life of Jesus. I've just watched the fourth episode and it's an episode focused on, on Peter. Uh, well, before he was a disciple, so his name then was Simon. And um, at, at least in the story that they've created, at this point, Simon is, life's all about him. And, and, he's, and he's really in a spot of bother. He's, he's racked up this huge debt. The Romans are after him and he's out fishing. Uh, and this is pretty much his last opportunity to net a big catch so that he can re repay this debt. He knows that the Romans are after him. He's desperate. And so he's out uh, on, the, on, on the sea and he's uh, fishing with his mates and they fish all night. And as we hear in Luke chapter 5, they catch nothing. And so they're heading back the next morning on their boats and, and Simon knows it's it. He's gone. He, he's, he's, he's in trouble. He's potentially a dead man. And as they arrive at the shore, they see Jesus, some of them for the first time, uh, on the shore and he's teaching and to cut the story short as we probably remember from that episode in Luke's gospel uh, after teaching the people Jesus instructs Simon to put the nets back in and, and Simon he's he's a bit resistant he's like we've been fishing all night who are you but he does what he's told he, he, he puts the, the nets in and Pretty soon the nets are tearing. They're, they're so full of fish. And they, they pull the nets in and the boat's full of fish. In, in that moment, Peter is saved. He knows, or Simon at that point, he knows he's saved. And then there's this beautiful scene where he gets out of the boat. He walks up on the sand and he, and he kneels before Jesus. And, and, and at that moment, Peter, his heart just breaks and, and he He's conscious of his sin, his weakness, his failure, and he's sorry for it. He's, he's really sorry for it. But at the same time, he's, he's overwhelmed by God's goodness, by God's love. And it's that moment, it's that, that moment of, of repentance, of humility, where the glory breaks through into Peter's life. It's, it's at that moment that Peter kind of 
he has that revolution in, in, within himself and he turns his focus from himself to God. He says, Jesus, what, what can I do? And of course, as we know, he, he then leaves everything and, and, and follows Jesus. Repentance, that kind of repentance is so precious because it, it, it opens the gate to God's glory. So as we pray now, I want to invite you in the same way that, that Simon did, that just, just to uh, surrender to God all of your failure. Anything that you're embarrassed about, anything that you're shameful for, your sin, your selfishness, your weakness, any area in your life that you, you're trying to take control, just to, just to hand that all over now to God in humility. In, in Isaiah, God says, Turn to me and be saved, for I am God and there is no other. So now, just in humility, let's, let's turn to God, our Saviour, as we pray for the Holy Spirit. You might just want to close your eyes, open your hands, just, just open your heart to, to the infilling of God's Spirit. Father, we, we do pray for your Spirit, that you would, you would send your Spirit now to us wherever we are and whenever we're watching this, that you would overwhelm us with your glory, the glory of your love the glory of your mercy. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pop us out of those bubbles we were talking about last week, those bubbles that, that keep us in our own small world. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to know uh, our true name, that you would help us to love who you have created us and redeemed us to be, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to, to respond to our true name by giving you glory, God, by living our fullest lives, by offering everything we have for a higher purpose. Holy Spirit, just, we ask that you just overwhelm every part of our lives at this time, our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our emotions, that you would renew us, you would restore us, Holy Spirit, help us to be people of the resurrection, help us not just to go through this COVID experience, but to grow through it, not to just survive it, but, but to thrive through it, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Jesus, we ask that you would call us deeper to you through this unique moment in history. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.